Hey everybody, welcome to the Swedenborgian Life Throwback Show. I almost forgot the name of what we were doing. My name is Curtis Childs, this is Matt, and I'm not gonna, we're not going to reveal this episode whether or not we're brothers. Um, we're just not going to tell you. But what we are going to do is give you a series of clips from our channel that give you a new way to look at aspects of life or a new angle on things. And then we have Matt here because we're going to give you a new angle on those videos themselves. Uh, so Matt... For a little background, what what do you do at Swedenborg Foundation? Uh, I'm an animator and a videographer. Yeah, I make uh, I've made. If you look at any of the videos that Off the Left Eye has made before Swedenborg in Life, I did all the graphics and shooting for that. And Swedenborg in Life, I do a lot of the graphics and uh, setup. And when you're watching the show, I'm usually behind the scenes changing uh, he's, graphics. He's over there. Yeah. Like if you hear someone yelling in the background, that's usually that's Matt. Yeah. Um, so let's take a look first at this clip, the new bottom line, and then we'll, we'll get into it. So here's a new way to look at a business and the pursuit of money. To all of you who graduate today, congratulations. Know that today we, the consuming public, and you, those who build what we consume, stand here on the edge of a great transaction. We have said to you, we have needs. We need food, clothing, shelter, stability, ease of life, quality of life, entertainment, safety, connection. We make a pact that we will look to you to fill these needs. And we will in turn give you a part of our life energy, of the money that we gave our time and effort and talents to get. And you have said to us, we will provide. We will innovate, we will create, we will organize, we will refine, we will solve problems, and we will bring new and wonderful things into your life. That was and is the initial condition that allowed this supernova of corporations and LLCs and retailers and patent holders to explode into life. And at times, it's a wonderful machine to take part in. Unfortunately, today, in many cases, we look out and what do we see? Violation. A breaking of this pact where satisfying the needs of the public has been replaced by profiting off the needs of the public. Beware what is now called the bottom line. Net earnings, net income, earnings per share. They call that the bottom line? The foundation upon which everything else rests? In the beginning, there was no business. The world was open and public, and currency lived only as a potential. The reason we, the buying public, decided to enter into this agreement with you was because of the promise of fulfilled needs. Remember, that's why we came in the first place. If you had come to us with the initial offer that we are going to exploit you for money, you would have been laughed at. So don't forget your initial promise. Don't spurn the mother that gave birth to your way of life. Think of the tragedies that have come on this world because of unchecked greed for disproportional profit. The sweatshops and the poverty and the undermined health and the devastated ecology, all of this could have been avoided if we hadn't made the monumental mistake of putting an imposter on the pedestal labeled bottom line. Two and a half centuries ago, the head of one of the most powerful industries in Europe issued a statement which hasn't aged today and never will. Business should be the principle of our vocation, and money is instrumental. To rephrase, what your organization is doing, the service that it's providing is the purpose, and money is just a side effect, pleasant a side effect as it is. But if one of the two has to go, integrity stands. 
It's the profit that's cut back. You have the power to return the bottom line to what it always should have been. What the original agreement demands, that the world overall should be a better place because your organization exists. Whatever it is that you do, be it aircraft or insurance or medical technology or filmmaking or space travel or toothpaste, your bottom line, that to which you must swear allegiance and uphold even in the face of disappointed investors and shrinking bonuses, that to which everyone and everything and every facet of your business keeps in the back, the front and the sides of their minds should be service before profit. Do this and you will find riches beyond your wildest dreams. You will find spaces in your soul that mammon could never touch. But beyond that, if you do, it will no longer be just me who is glad that you graduate today. It will no longer be just your parents, your siblings, and your friends who stand up and applaud. If you betroth yourself to the common good and think of it in every action you take, if you set your weight and push with all your strength to redirect the mighty rivers of commerce back into the channels of altruism and ethics and uprightness that they were born for, it will be the whole world that cheers for you as you walk across this stage. The impoverished will shake your hand and those to be born three generations from now will line up to see your plaque on the wall and you will know that no matter what product you make and no matter who you bring it to, you will have laid one more stone in the foundation of the end of suffering upon which the stones we all bring can interlace and support each other and reach ever higher and higher. It's been said that the sky's the limit, but that's setting our sights a little low, don't you think? Can you dare to imagine the progress we could make if we all finally start moving in the same direction? Don't you want to see? Don't you want to see the places we could go? In the end, though, all I can do is urge you on. The path you tread will be yours to choose. Best of luck now as you move out into the world. It will be a privilege to share the future. The first thing I feel like we got to tell if we're going to talk about the making of that is that it's fake. I mean, it's it's modeled like it's somebody really giving a speech to a graduating class at School of Business, but it's not. It just I just wrote that and set it into a microphone. And we put reverb on it. There's not it's not like a recording. But you see a lot of those videos on YouTube of somebody gave an old speech once and somebody puts new graphics on it. So we're just going for that that vibe. And I I have special affection for that video. I just I just like I like the way it turned out. Um, so I was glad we got to to show it here. Um, but let's talk a little bit about what that was like on your end. Sure. Where, how, did we, how did we make something that amazing? And, <laughs> and, and, and what were the emotions that accompanied it? Well, it was fun. That was one of the last uh, videos that we spent a long time before we That's, got into the show. Sorry to interrupt. That's a good point. That, that video marked a major transition mm -hmm. because it was after that that we stopped doing these like three to four minute highly produced videos and moved into like the live show um, and the, the shorter Swedenborg Minute clips. So that was kind of the last of a, of a series, you know. Mm -hmm. so anyway, yeah. I forgot about that. Okay, go I ahead. I mean, we, we have a good catalog of those, and, you know, now we're making longer videos for seekers that really want to delve into this stuff. But we have a nice backlog, and this is part of that backlog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Helps us make throwback shows. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so technically, there's a couple of places where we had to do some cool things to get those images. Yeah, you, you notice that... Uh, a lot of times people were throwing images onto the table that was all fake except for a couple we printed out we I, I made the graphics 
We printed out still frames from that, and like glossy little photo print. Like they looked like they were what you used to go do when you developed film at, just, at Rite Aid or something. Yeah, we went down to CVS down yeah. the street and printed them out. It's actually really easy to do. I've never done that before with yeah. digital photos, but they look just like those old photographs that my mom has piles of in her house. Yeah, hey mom. <laughs> um, so, so then we fake dipped the money out. Oh, and you have um, that shot where I'm walking across the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, we actually tracked that here oh, on, the, yeah. on the floor of this room. Do you want yep, to talk about it? Just, uh, there's some footage near the end though, that's heavily stylized, and that's partly because I wanted to be stylized, partly because it covers up. <laughs> it makes it easier <laughs> to do if you cover it up with style. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, we did shoot you walking down with green screen. That was actually your feet. And if you look in the crowd, uh, you can see me. I'm in that crowd. And we got footage, the original green screen footage here, too. Uh, and I'm, <laughs> we do that a lot. We use us as models a lot because we're really easy to get a hold of. Yeah, it's hard to get, like, because we have such a tight, um, you know, even though that was before we did the weekly thing, still, it's a tight schedule. Like, we got to get something now. How can we find someone? And it's tricky, like, you can't find stuff on the web. You need model releases and all that. So, okay, we're going to use you. We'll make you a silhouette. No one will know it's you, (laughs) you know. Um, So, this is, our next video, this is kind of a parade of my favorite videos, because this next one is called uh, New Mind. Uh, And, and it's a, in the, a series we were going to have uh, that was going to be called New Mind, The Benefits of Thinking Impersonally, the New Mind series. This is the only one that ever got made in that series, but it's dear to my heart because I find in Swedenborg's message, the most potent stuff is this, change how you think about life. Here's thought techniques to help you deal with thoughts that are before getting you down. And this is a, this is a video that kind of gets at the heart of that. So I really like this one, and, and I think it got some cool lift from the visuals and everything. So here's a new way you can look at, you know, competition with other people, perceiving others' actions. So let's take a look. Swedenborg wrote that one of the great tasks in life is regeneration or the formation of a new, wise, altruistic mind. So a new mind needs new ideas. And this time it's the benefits of thinking impersonally. Now that might seem a little cold at first, but it's not about distancing yourself from people or being uncaring. Actually, there are times when it can be more loving to think of situations not in terms of people, but in terms of things. I was listening to an interview on the radio. I forget the subject material, and it's not really important for this, but some issue facing society was being discussed. And they introduced the guest. Here's Dr. Somebody, director of the Institute for Whatever. Now, as they launched into the topic, I found my mind lingering. Not on the subject of this show, but I was thinking about Dr. Somebody. Hmm, doctor, director of that Institute. Is their life better than mine? And their institute is doing a lot of good for the world, so people probably think they're so cool for leading it and being on the cutting edge of social issues. They're so lucky. Man, I hope that their institution doesn't do so well. Then they wouldn't be so cool. Or if there's some kind of accounting scandal, bam, competitiveness. It pops up for all of us, right? And it's hard to get away from. Luckily, though, today I had my handy tool. I mean, look at it. I'm making this situation about people. I'm taking this discussion about benefiting the common good and making it about how it affects Dr. Somebody and me. Whose stock goes up, 
whose stock goes down. So application was a simple shift of my attention from the people involved to the actual subject being talked about. I started to think about the cause being discussed. I thought about what it would be like for people receiving the aid they were bringing and how good it would feel and about the greater impact on society. The whole feel of everything changed for me quickly. When the situation was no longer, do I want this person to be better or worse than me, but what good will this movement do, my whole perspective on Dr. Somebody changed. It's good that the institution is out there because this is a powerful force for the cause and the individual difference it will make in people's lives. When the focus was on the good being done, Dr. Somebody didn't feel like a threat but an asset to the cause, and hopefully as competent and successful an asset as possible. I was on the grounds of a place, and it was a place intentionally designed to be beautiful and somewhat meditative. Sitting on some stone steps, I noticed, right there, on the ground, cigarette butt. Immediately I start to get these thoughts. Who does that? What kind of person just leaves trash in a place like this? What a self-centered, unaware person. Ah, but there, that word. I'm thinking of this in the wrong terms. Really? Based on this one piece of evidence, I'm trying to evaluate this whole person. This person who was a baby and a toddler and played and grew and went to school and had hopes and dreams and friends and high points and lows and despair and triumph and internal monologues and goals and struggles, that whole person, all of them is summed up by this butt on the ground? No, this cigarette butt is not the product of a person. It's the product of a mindset. Even worst case scenario, this person was here. They knew they were leaving their trash here and had no good reason to do it. What pulled the trigger was a state of laziness. A state that crept up on that person's mind and got them to act. That's what's causing the harm and what's bothering me here. As soon as I started thinking about it in those terms, the feel changed. Because if I'm thinking about laziness rather than this person, I start to think about the times that laziness pops up for me. I start to think about it as a force that takes advantage of people and I begin to think of them as good people under siege by something negative, and the damage that state of mind is probably doing in their life as well. And my mind begins to expand to what we can do to combat it together as the human race. Swedenborg wrote that this shift in thinking away from people and towards qualities and goals actually expands and frees up our thinking, makes us less judgmental, more helpful, and is an essential part of a higher mindset. Now, of course, there are plenty of times when we need to think about specific people, people who are close to us or are involved in our lives. But I think the idea is that we generally go too far in that direction, too much thinking personally. But is that right? Well, the only way to find out is to try it for yourself. If you get the time, try applying this concept in your own life, in your own mind. If you find yourself thinking about a person whose behavior bothers you, start thinking about the behavior itself. If you start feeling competitive, think about the good being accomplished, rather than the people accomplishing it, or whatever other variations on this principle you come up with. I bet there are a lot of cool angles on this I haven't thought of. Or maybe you find ways that you don't feel like it helps. It's all useful data. If you want to do a little research into the material I got this from, click this link. It will take you to a page with excerpts from Swedenborg's works where he discusses this concept. So cool. I'm looking forward to hearing what you find. I want to
wanted to make it a series, and I, we will someday. I think we should come out with more of those. It was all going to be hand drawn like that. It's just hard to know what's going to hit, what 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 mm-hmm. is going to warrant another one. It's just especially when you're doing something like on the YouTube channel, where we're just trying to figure out what formula works. How long do do people want to watch something for? What kind of style? Which topics do people like? So someday we'll get back to that. But uh, let, let's talk a little bit about some of the um, how'd you make that sketchy style and a few of the the nuances with that. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, all the sketches are just, it's all fake, of course. Uh, we just uh, took photos. We didn't really sketch it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, but that really is your hand in the beginning. Yeah, the, the hand in the intro, that's my hand. So if you're wondering who has the perfect hands, that's me. <laughs> and, hand uh, model. Yeah. Here's a video of an alternate intro that we played with. It's supposed to look like the cover of one of those binders that you would take to school with you, the black and yes. white. Yes. Uh, I don't, I don't remember the brand name, but you probably probably some of you have used those. That they're pretty ubiquitous design on this. We took it out just because you couldn't really tell without somebody telling you what it was. What, yeah, it didn't quite hit. So we just went with the paper style. And uh, some of the stuff uh, in that video that sketched, uh, especially in the beginning during the intro, is 3D. Like uh, the brains that are stacked up on top of each other. What are they supposed to represent? There's the three levels of the mind. Three levels Swedenborg of the mind. describes the, the, the natural, spiritual, celestial. And it's not that one is really smaller than another, but that they're, the celestial is higher and inmost at the same time. So we tried to have a, a 3D representation of that, that you have something within something. And also when you look on the side, it's higher than it. So that was supposed to be mm-hmm. an illustration of that concept. So we, we took it in 3D, we squished it down, we gave it sketchy edges. We did that for uh, the seed that you see a lot coming in. There was a seed theme going through this whole yeah video also with a tree the tree growing that's all 3d so this next we're going to move now from these sort of longer videos to back to our swedenborg minute series which we often pull back for a while that was that was what we were doing every week was making these little clips thinking we're going to get a simple because swedenborg you find he's this huge stack of books and it's such complex material sometimes people can get lost in that so let's take a little idea and let's make that pop. And so this was a Swedenborg Minute that we did. It was called How to Connect with God. So this is perhaps a different angle than, than, than you've heard of before or thought of before on what does that mean? You know, a lot of traditions are saying connect with God, but, but how do you do it? So here's a, a little clip on that. So if I was being told that there is this immensely loving, powerful God that knows everything, I think one of my first questions would be, when can we hang out? It sounds like God's got some good things going on, so how do I get closer? Or how do I have a connection with God? Swedenborg put it this way, people form an inner or spiritual connection to each other when they share similar values. Even if you're traveling somewhere and meeting someone for the first time, if you find that they care deeply about something that you do, there's a certain familiarity already there. You're already close in some ways. The same principle applies to God. So the more that we can be like God, the closer we draw to God. Obviously, we can't be like God in terms of power or knowledge or the ability to create and sustain reality, but we can take small steps towards becoming similar in intentions. God's values or driving interests are to selflessly love, serve, and help absolutely everyone and to make their long-term happiness the number one priority. 
So every action we take to cultivate those same values and goals in ourselves is a little shuffle of the feet toward a closer, deeper connection with God. Uh, Matt, so what's something special about that clip? Uh, I made that while you were out of town. We shot, we shot Curtis talking, and uh, then he left for a week vacation. I don't know where you went. But I don't like work, you know. So I had to make that one. And, yeah, <laughs> well, you... and so normally, Matt, I mean, Matt normally makes it all, but I'll be in there, wait, no, make this diagram like this, do this, change it. But that one, I didn't have a chance to have any input on, and mm-hmm. so that's why it was so good. Uh, okay, let's take a look now. This is another Swedenborg Minute, but this is from sort of a, a separate little series we did after we hadn't done any in the series for a while. We came back, and this this one is called Swedenborg Minute, Heaven at a Crosswalk. And this is a different way to look at a situation where multiple parties are involved, meaning instead of just seeing it through the lens of my own wants and needs, what if I look at at an inconvenience from everyone's perspective. So here it is. Right now, I'm angry. There is a space that I want to cross. There is a place that I want to get to. But whenever I try, there are these annoying things in my way. What is wrong with you? Stop coming. All right, what? Unbelievable. Okay, stop. Let's add the truth of what's actually happening here. This scene is about more than just me. I am one person of many people. Each of the people in these cars, believe it or not, are human, like me. This situation here is not just about me, it's about all of us. We're all in this situation together. I have a destination I want to get to. They have a destination they want to get to. I'm not getting the joy of getting to my destination, but they are. What I want to have happen, getting to a destination, is happening. For this particular person, no. But for all of these people, yeah, man, good for you. It must feel great to get to cross this space. I know what it's like to want to get somewhere, and you know what? I hope that where you're going is even cooler than where I'm going. And I hope this is getting you there right on time. Every single one of you, go, prosper, get to where you need to be, because we're all on the same team, team human beings, and the goal is to get all of us where we need to go. So when you win, I win. And it just makes me feel... A lot of special things to say about that. Where to begin? First thing I want to say is that was the beginning of Stuart. Mm-hmm. in that there's a guy who's behind this camera right now making things work whose name is Stuart. He's the sort of the third leg of the in-studio production team on Off the Left Eye for the for Morgan Life, the show. But back when we were making these videos, he wasn't involved. But this was the first time we said, hey, would you hold the camera for part of this? So this was the beginning of Stuart, but that's a story for another show. Um, and that's why, the reason is because I was in that car that let you across the, the street. Yeah, that was Matt in that car that let me across the street. So I want to say that that video was very hard for me to make. Um, and the reason is it's very embarrassing for me to have people looking at, like, hey, look who's this guy who's getting filmed by the road. You might think, oh, I'm on internet show. I love attention like that. But not, no, not really. I mean, when, when it was really embarrassing for me to be standing by that 
that road with you with a camera and just knowing everybody's driving by like like oh this guy's getting filmed i that was really hard for me to do um and uh people that, kept stopping to let you across the street people, we were trying to make a video about no one stopping to let yeah. me across the street and we have a clip of it so many people stopped and and normally they don't as much i think especially because they saw us getting filmed so like oh i better let them like it's a reality show like will they let him cross the and, street and every time that I crossed I was like okay across the street and Matt wouldn't because he had the camera but I had to wait and cross all the way back before we could do another take um so that was intense but I will say whenever I cross that street there and I'm getting impatient that video always comes to mind so I do think it's a cool concept hard to practice because even I after making that and often oh, okay this is taking forever but it's a, it's a cool concept, and it just shows that even if you get something once, it doesn't mean you're going to always get that principle to work in your life. you still got to work at it. And you cross that, that little place every day. Every you? day, multiple times, yeah. I do. Um, okay, so we want to move into uh, conversations series. Uh, we did this, this, we went and hung out with author Peter Rhodes and shot a lot of footage with him and cut it up into three videos. And this was one of them. Uh, it's called Conversations, the New Will. And it's a new way or a new angle uh, to look at our own motivation and what makes up our, our life. So let's take a look at the clip. So Swedenborg talks a lot about uh, regeneration. He calls it uh, personal growth or, or the new will. Um, and that's a process where we're trying to be remade in, in a certain way, right? Yeah, I guess uh, he uses the word transformation. Mm -hmm. uh, Swedenborg uses regeneration, reformation. Uh, other things I read, enlightenment, awakening. And I think when you're initially born, it's proper part of uh, being born. You start to, two or three years old, you start to take care of yourself and start to figure out what, what ways can I get what I want and get to be a winner and be successful and all that. And that's your will focused on you, uh, you winning, you succeeding, you being well thought of, things like that. And that takes information and forms your will more and more around it. Well, if I become an attorney, I think that's better. Maybe a doctor. As Swedenborg puts it, the, the new will is something that, that God is developing yeah. and, and doing it. But what what's our best shot at um, not not getting in the way too much? Like, how do we help advance the new will? Yeah, well, it says you have to uh, cease to do evil, learn to do good. Mm -hmm. uh, most of my life has been spent in the cease to do evil part. Yeah. It's like if I want Mario Andretti, who's a great car driver, and I'm not doing so well, I've had a lot of crashes, and I want him to drive. I see, take over, surrendering to God. And he might say, well, yeah, but you have to give me the keys, and you have to get out get out of the seat, because you're in the driver's seat. Mm. So a lot of the way to me is, oh, i got to die to myself in order to be reborn again with this new will being activated in me. So what can I do? Well, I notice that any time I don't get my way, my will, I feel it in me, just irritated or anger. So I'll even go into the supper. Roxanne calls, it's time for supper. She's been out there. She's done the shopping. She's cooked supper. She's got it all. I go in, sit down, and she gets up. 
And she forgot to give me my drink. That's the way my will is. Yeah. So I can miss the entire good thing because my will didn't get exactly what it wanted, which means it wants to eat the meal while it's hot and it wants the drink ready. Yeah. So here it is. It, it's here. It's available. With the phrase I use is thanks for the temptation. God, I'm powerless. I give it to you. Thanks for the victory. It's like, oh, this is my will. My will is going to destroy a nice dinner. Yeah. I want your will. I don't want that. And if I die to that, I make room for God to replace it with appreciation and thanks for the dinner, it's really good. And then goodness comes in, whereas before, I had hell to pay. <laughs> yeah, and you know that, that, that it, it just suddenly um, jumps to the whatever level you have. You know, if, if uh, I'm used to having this much money or this much success, like, oh, if I had more, then I would be happy. But it's, you know, people that get more... For a little while, but then very soon that becomes the new normal. And then yes. Swedenborg says that, that love of the self and, and of the world is progressive. It's infinitely progressive. Right, that, right. They'll just keep growing. And it, as you said, you can't be satisfied. And that's yeah. why one of the reasons why you know, you try to steer away from it. I saw this study about people that, that win the lottery. You know, They're happy for a little while, but then it becomes normal for them again. And people that you, you sit around you know, in your, with your garage band, like, if we were famous, then. But you get there, and then you, know, you sell... 400,000 records and if your second album sells 350,000 it's suddenly 350,000 records is a disappointment mm -hmm. because you your standards have been set higher and you end up at the same sort of happiness level that you had yeah well and recovery program and it's definitely any does recovery addiction I know of is progressively addictive and destructive in other words it takes four drinks now to get to a little buzz it used to take one drink now it takes six, and eventually you become an alcoholic, you have to drink all day just to get to normal. You're not getting high anymore. So that's the nature of divine possibility satisfy the human ego. And it's really important to know that, because otherwise you keep thinking you can satisfy it, because it's a liar from the beginning. If all I had, you know, if I had a little more money, I'd be happy, you know. If another woman, that's what I'd be And my own experience, I went up to the mountains one time, and I, I wanted to be on vacation, I wanted to be retired, I wanted to be a nice day, I got all these things I want, I'll be happy when I get to the waterfall, I got to the waterfall, I'll be happy when I go swimming, I'll be happy when I get the nice dry towel. And I kept trying to, what is going on? Then suddenly I thought, I'll be happy when I, uh, tonight when I have some fried shrimp. What are you talking about? I travel up here six and a half hours, I'm up at the waterfall, having retired, a beautiful little cabin, and all you think about shrimp. And at that time, I just said, just awareness that, oh, wanting is wanting. It's a state of wanting. It can't become the state of satisfaction. In fact, if satisfaction showed up, it would destroy wanting. So wanting is wanting. It, the content of what it wants will vary, but it is never going to be satisfied. As soon as it has something... It doesn't turn to satisfaction. It's just, now what do I want? So once you realize that, you know, then sort of, well, the church within you, what are the states that are satisfied? What are the states that really find satisfaction and appreciation in the actual living? Because this part of me is never going to be satisfied. And like I was talking about when I come in, my wife doesn't bring a drink fast enough. What is my will? My will wants what it wants and it wants it instantaneously yeah it doesn't want any weight that's why i think you have road rage you know right and i was thinking oh it wants to be god well, what does that mean it wants god says i think and so it becomes 
it wants to be able to think it has it. No matter what, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it can't be God. So. But once you realize that nature and divine impossibility satisfy it, then you have a different relationship to, uh, in recovery, a different relationship to alcohol when you realize it's never going to be satisfied. It's always going to want more. And it's going to make your life worse and worse as your body starts to deteriorate and relationships in your job. Then you know the nature of the enemy in front of you. Jesus puts it, what, you can't get good fruit from a bad tree. Right. Oh, my will is never going to produce anything good because it's not good. Then you start to look for what Swedenborg calls it in the Reformation Regeneration. Oh, there's goodness within me, the birth of Jesus, if you want to put it that way. Oh, there's a good spot in me. In the world, you have tribulation. You have good cheer. I've risen. Oh, I have to rise above these states to get in touch with something that not is going to be satisfied, but is satisfaction, is great gratitude or gratefulness. And the, the Swedenborg says that the world, and that, that saying, I overcome the, the world is actually our lower self. The lower self. The, the, those kind of urges and wantings, everything you're talking <clears throat> about there, that is, that is what is symbolized by the world. And I, always since we began making content on this channel, I remember wanting to get Peter on some videos, just because I feel like particularly within the, the world of people that know about Swedenborg, I like the way that he phrases things. I like the way he, you can just tell um, he, this is a living thing for him. These principles are not theoretical. He's used these in life. So I, I knew I wanted to, to do that. So we went to go hang out at, at his place and he's got this cool setup with all this, uh, like little, um, he, his counselors, we've got like places he would see clients there and meditation huts. And so we, I just wanted to also capture some of the feel of that. Um, so. We got a lot of B-roll for that. Lots of yeah. cool footage of just knickknacks that were around, glass yeah. things, yeah. things that went with a breeze. Yeah, because he's a he's an artist, so he's made all this cool stuff out of there, like repurposed yeah. kind of stuff. So um, we tried to get the feel of that space also into the, the conversation. Mm -hmm. So, and that's just one of. There's a couple other videos if you guys want to check it out, and it's just a good a good series on. And even if you're familiar with Swedenborg's concepts. We often, those are good for a new phrasing, a new way to look even at those concepts, new vocabulary around them. So I think that's cool. Let's return to our, our Swedenborg Minute. This one is called How to Be Spiritual, and it's perhaps a new angle or a different look at what is, what is spirituality? What does that term even mean, and how do you participate in it? So let's take a look. So I think that a lot of people, myself included, are looking to spirituality to try to improve things in our own minds and in our impact on others. But how do I be spiritual? Do I meditate? Do I read sacred texts or get a tattoo or pray or visit India? What kind of spiritual or religious devotion do I need? Then I came across this quote by Swedenborg. A life of kindness is the most important thing and it determines what religious devotion is like. He goes on to say that a life of kindness, thinking well of others, wishing them well, acting in integrity and fairness in your job and relationships, being nice, is the primary thing, the foundation in spirituality. And all of these rituals and practices are secondary forms whose quality and effectiveness depends on the foundation. So order of operations, if I make a consistent effort to put energy and thought into my day-to-day -day kindness and being a decent guy, then the other effort I put into whatever spiritual practices work for me can be more effective. And those things, drawing on the foundation, now have a chance to thrive and bring that boost that I was looking for in the first place. 
one note about that particular video is um, it's one of our more watched Swedenborg minutes ever, and that was partially due to a couple of events where back in the day um, we were just trying to make our way on the web, get people to watch us, and we came in and saw like there's a huge spike in our views today, and it was because that video had been shared. Uh, there's a uh, there's a website called the Spirit Science. They have a YouTube channel. It's very popular. They had shared that video in a blog. Jordan, the guy who runs Spirit Science, had commented on it and featured that. Um, and so when he posted it, we got a big spike in in views, which was cool. And whenever they repost, they reposted it, we get, it several times. So we got we got we a, get another couple big spikes. spikes from there. So yeah. that that's a little thank you trivia. Spirit Thanks. Hey, hey, why don't you ever call, man? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so let's uh, let's take a look at one more Swedenborg minute, and this one is called the future of science and spirituality. And maybe there is. In some, there's a lot of people who are really into those two coming together, but there's also a lot of the the two can't coexist, science disproves spirituality, etc. So perhaps this is a new angle, a new way to look at those two categories of, of thought and experience, and is there a future for them? And Swedenborg has a very interesting prediction about how the whole thing's going to play out, so here it is. Okay, here it is. What you're looking at is the fulfillment of a biblical prophecy. In that day there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. Israel will be one of three with Egypt and Assyria. Meh. I mean, it's a nice road, but shouldn't the fulfillment of a prophecy be something grand and uplifting that helps the whole human race? Enter Swedenborg. He says that this prophecy isn't about transportation between a few little countries. It's about every single person's spiritual development and the future of science and spirituality. Egypt as an ancient center for learning is a symbol for accumulated factual knowledge. Assyria, a trade hub, is our capacity for reasoning and exchanging ideas. And Israel, where God spent time, is spirituality. So reread, the prophecy is that scholarly study, rationality, and spirituality are going to become one. As we shed some of the misguided religious thinking of the past, these three won't be at war. What we learn about the physical world will actually enhance our understanding of the pursuit of spiritual growth, and vice versa. No more clashing in legislation and policy on YouTube comment sections. Everyone moving forward together. A bit more exciting than just another road, right? And in a way that the whole Swedenborg and Life show is, is based on that. Because we will often go get scientists, interview them, and just say, what do you, you know, don't try to support our narrative, just say, what are you really finding in science? And you see that that meshes so tightly with Swedenborg's teachings. I think that's that's one of the coolest things about it. So in a way, we're, we're expanding on that initial concept uh, throughout the show. Uh, speaking of the show, so you and I are here mm -hmm. uh, at this table. There's two of us. This used to be how the show always was. Yep. We had, um, you know, we'd have a guest... We have me, we maybe have another guest, and we would just do a discussion. Um, it was in the same room, too. Oh, yeah, it's all, it's all yeah. the same. I mean, this, okay, this is actually a green screen behind us. That's not the way the wall looks. It was in here, it was the same room. Um, we just switched around. We don't have that many rooms. I mean, <laughs> uh, we just switched it around, and this, this next clip is from one of those older episodes when we were having a cool conversation about the purpose of creation. So if we're going to have this show here about new ways to look at things, what bigger thing could we have than the purpose of life? And this is the, the, the Swedenborg perspective on it. So maybe here's a, a new way to look at what does it all mean? What's it all for? So here's a few minutes long. Take a look. 
What is God's purpose in creating and why? And I'm going to start this one out with a long, meaty quote uh, out of Swedenborg. And this is from Divine Providence, number 27. The Lord did not create the universe for his own sake, but for the sake of people he would be with in heaven. By its very nature, spiritual love wants to share what it has with others, and to the extent that it can do so, it is totally present, experiencing its peace and bliss. Spiritual love gets this quality from the Lord's divine love, which is like this in infinite measure. It then follows that divine love, and therefore divine providence, has the goal of a heaven made up of people who have become angels and are becoming angels, people with whom it can share all the bliss and joy of love and wisdom, giving them these blessings from the Lord's own presence within them. He cannot help doing this because his image and likeness is in us from creation. His image is in us his image in us is wisdom and his likeness in us is love and the lord within us is love united to wisdom and wisdom united to love or goodness united to truth and truth united to goodness which is the same thing so it's hard to know where to cut off those quotes and i probably let that one run way too long but i just feel like there's all these little interesting nuances to it that i want to get in there i've used the word nuance twice now and the show is young we'll see if it pops up again so let's kind of let's kind of take this apart and and look at what he's saying here the first line is the lord did not create the universe for his own sake but for the sake of people he would be with in heaven and so if i was listening to the show i would say what so he only created the universe for some people what about the people that aren't in heaven so cara can you can you put my fears to rest i certainly i certainly can um heaven is for everybody uh yeah. And the Lord loves everybody, and God wants all of us all to be together in love. And if we don't want to be part of that, that's fine. But so uh, people he would be with in heaven, it's not like he's at the gate saying, you in, you out. Right. It's our choice. Do we want to go there? Do we want to be in that kind of state? Do we want to be in that kind of all-encompassing love? Or is that just too much to take? Yeah, and I know Swedenborg talks about even people who reject that, and you, if you reject mutual love, you come into a state of selfishness, which Swedenborg would call hell. But he said, even there, God is still there, trying to make right. their life as good as it can be, um, uh, you know, within that. So, so I just want to point out, it's not this like, okay, I made the whole universe and everyone in it for this little subset. But so, Chuck, I'd love to hear some initial thoughts. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about how. Um you know, Swinburne's really clear that 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 we're predestined for heaven. I mean, that's the whole way it's set up. Like it's set up for us to win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the way God yes. has it going. And 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 that idea that if we're predestined for heaven, that there's only a divine providence to pull us to heaven. There's not a divine providence from hell to pull us to hell. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's the it's all set up for it to work. And 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 I think about the um, you, you know about casinos. Like casinos, that the house is supposed to win like sixty percent of the time and. And you're supposed to win forty percent, and that if, if a casino keeps you gambling long enough, it wins. That's and that's the way why, I see God. That's why I lost all the money. <laughs> that's it. Yes, right. So so this is important for us to establish up front that that God is creating this thing, not just like okay, I'm going to make in excess all these people, and it's only for some people. So moving yeah. on, um, it follows. Div- so he's saying that uh, divine love, spiritual love, wants to love something and make something happy outside of itself, um, and so it seems that. Uh, you know, the point of, of everything is that, okay, there's people outside of God, so now God can make them happy. And Carl, you had an interesting point before we started about um, that kind of mirroring another statement Swedenborg made about our own duties to each other. Yeah, 
one of one of his statements is that we are born not for ourselves but for others we're not born for our own sake but for the sake of others and i just never noticed that in connection with this the first sense of that quote that the lord did not create the universe for his own sake but for the sake of other people um, so it's our usefulness to other people. It's what we can do for other people that connects us all. And, uh, that, that vision of what the creation of me is about is to like a mac microcosm of the macrocosm yeah, yeah, of what, phrase. what the Lord created the whole universe about. So everybody's got to play by the same rules, even God, right? <laughs> the God is, you know, that, that ideally, and, and really that brings the most lasting um, fulfilling happiness is this you're living for something outside yourself for a cause or for other people and that God is, is doing the same thing and I want to talk about this this union here he says that uh, you know uh, probably if you're if you're new to Swedenborg the whole last part of that quote just sounded like blah 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 <laughs> because he's like the love and the wisdom and the truth and the goodness and this is this is how Swedenborg talks because he's describing things in these really technical terms but he's saying God's image in us is love and wisdom and and that that it's by us if we live lovingly and live you know to the best of our knowledge which would be wisdom um then we're acting like god is acting so there is this connection there you know is that is that how you would read it chuck yeah you know and i think probably all of you listening you know have had that experience right where you have something you're deeply passionate about right and something you actually know something about as well and, yeah. and when they intersect it's great because there's things i know things about that i frankly don't care about there's other <laughs> things i really love and i suck at yeah. so so where it really comes together is is where there's those things that i have a passion and i also have some some insight in terms of how it functions yeah. and, and when i do that what do i want to do i want to create i want yeah. to create something outside of myself and if i can come through that rubric of serving others it, it brings a lot of life into the world absolutely that's a, yeah that's a great point that we we feel that experience and that we that that's that's this tiny little um you know there's a tiny little sample of, yeah. of the god yeah universe interaction right. so that's the end of our clips for this episode i hope you enjoyed it uh, i hope you enjoyed this conversation that we had i know that when when i find something interesting i like to know how it works and how it's made and just hear some of the the story behind it um so hopefully we were able to provide that for you guys matt thanks for coming absolutely did you did you enjoy it i absolutely did okay great man uh i i did too and um maybe next time we'll have me do the graphics and you can do the show <laughs> Um, which would turn out well for everyone. You guys uh, I, don't want that. I, I can do Microsoft Paint. I can do Keynote That's and PowerPoint. That's absolutely respectable. Um, so, I mean, don't sell me short. Uh, everybody, thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week, and we want you there. We want you to be a part of it. This whole thing, the, the experience of making these videos, us getting to tell these stories, none of this would happen if you guys weren't into it. So I... I'm really, really thankful that you want to watch stuff about Swedenborg stuff. And it may be that after this episode, you don't want to watch anymore. But we had you for a while, and we thank you very much for that. So you being into it makes our day, and hopefully we can we can uh, give you a lift whenever you check out the videos. So thanks, and uh, we'll next talk. week we're doing a question show. Next right? week is the question show. So that this that's going to be really interactive we've done one of them before it's where we're going to have some a guest panel here and we're as sort of a thank you to the audience we're just going to be taking your questions and so in case you had anything you wanted to ask get it in you can get it in during the week uh, post it to one of our um, channels or you can show up live 
next Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern time, and you can ask it, and we'll do our best to not be able to answer it. So (laughs) thanks, everyone, and see you then.